0: This is The PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche, with your host, Brooke Burns. Hello, Alira. Hi, Brooke. I'm joined by Alira Carroll from Tonic PR, and today we're going to chat about PR proposals and budgets. By the end of the episode, you should have a good overview of what you should be including in a proposal and how to price it. And I just wanted to say that this episode will provide a top-line overview. Your agency will have their own template and format for doing this, and... The bigger the client, the more in-depth you need to go into for the proposal. But this should at least set you on the right path of things to consider. So for those who are new to the magical world of power agencies, um, agencies have clients. They have a number of clients and depending how big your agency is. So I'm a one-person agency and I have between six and eight clients at a time. Uh, Tonic is five Five people. people. Um, uh, So – depending on how many emails you've got to feed in the agency, depends on how much business mm. you need and then whether they're retainers or projects, et cetera. Um, and every client that you get in, you have to do a proposal for, right? Mm, I yes. mean, unless it's a recurring client and they know your track record and you just have to do a quick pricing point. So how many proposals would you say you do per month at Tonic?
1: Ooh, uh, pre-COVID times <laughs> uh, per month, it could be sort of anywhere between three and five,
0: yep. perhaps. Yeah, And you're a five-person agency. So if you're mm. talking about a 50, 60-person agency, oh. multiply that out. It's totally. a lot. So you, they would have people if not teams of people that would be just constantly working on proposals well
1: yeah large larger agencies or even mid-size um will have usually a business development manager um or you know their senior account directors will be really focusing just on proposals and the managing director and in that case in our agency that's largely myself
0: Mm. and what's your thought on the percentage i mean in general that pr agencies get i mean i Again, it's hard. It's hard to know how competitive that industry is and mm. whether you are going in as an, as, a, as an expert or whether you are trying, you know, the underdog coming in. Mm. But, I mean, you could be securing 20% or 50% of yeah. the proposals. And that's a lot of time you're spending putting together something that you don't get.
1: Absolutely. There's been a lot of chat, especially in 2019. It really came to the fore, I think, particularly because all creatives, whether you're a PR and comms or advertising, you know, the cost of pitching. Um, Because if you're a big advertising agency, sometimes you need to do major research and build creative. You could be spending up to half a million dollars on putting a proposal together. That's a lot of money. So and in agencies you do, there's time that's required to put the proposal together, potentially some actual cash as well if you're having to do research to put that proposal together and that's where you really have to gauge what the budget of that um, potential win is and so you you tend to – make that up over the course of it. So you would spend yes. a percentage, I guess, of what the total budget mm. um, is going to be. And you do have, you know, as an agency as a whole, you do have kind of just a bit of a budget, new business that you just have to, that's, that's just something you have to do. Um, I guess it's part of your marketing costs. It, isn't it? is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And you win some, you lose some, but you obviously want to make sure you're winning more than, than you're losing. And I
0: have heard, and again, you know, certainly my agency is way too small to be playing in this field, but I know some agencies do charge for proposals, you know, it's whatever it may be, 1500 bucks to, to do that because, like you said, there's so much time and energy that goes into putting together a comprehensive, especially if it's a global client.
1: Absolutely. And competitive pitches, Camilla, you know, there could be 10 agencies going for this one thing. Really important, particularly on the smaller end, to qualify the proposals. So, you know, we get a lot of tyre kickers sort of, hey, I'd like a proposal on this and they really have no um commitment in, in following through with it. Um so that's up to the the M D or the business
0: development director to ask the right questions at the start to qualify that they're actually serious. And about weed it. out the ones that may not have a budget. Exactly, and, yes. And we'll kinda of get to this in a bit anyway, but I certainly know something that i found to be very useful, especially we you've been working in agency for a while and you know how much a, a project or retainer roughly would be for that mm. type of client, is to give them a gauge up front and Absolutely. say, look, you know, I think that'll be 3000 a month or 15000 a month. Is that in the ballpark? Because yep. quite often you ask them what the budget is uh, and they oh, say, no, I don't know. Exactly. So I find that's a great way of them going, "Oh, oh, actually, no, 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 we don't have that kind of money. Absolutely. And then you can go, right, well, we can scale that back. And if that's something you can think about, then we can do the proposal or we may not be the right agency for you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I know people get funny about talking about money, but you know what? It's a business deal. It has to be talked about.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, lots of people say, well, you know, all depends on what you're delivering for that amount. Mm. And that absolutely is, is the case. But at the same time, there has to be some idea of of how much money you've set aside. So I find if you can provide a guide that, more more often than not directs mm. people to saying yep that's about in line with what we've got to spend absolutely or, yeah so from that initial discussion someone has approached you you've had a you've had a chat with them you've worked out that yes they're they're a, um, a, a client that you would potentially want to work with what information do you require from them to give you enough background to start putting together a PR proposal mm.
1: so you do really need a brief and it's on a very vast scale of what kind of brief you'll get a really small business who's talking to you about a, um, a PR campaign probably, well, it definitely won't have a written brief. No. And they'll probably have not really thought about their objectives or anything. So it's really your job to help guide them through that. A question that we always ask is what does success look like to you? What would you be happy with at the end? And that helps them kind of visualize it a little bit more. If you're going up to larger businesses, they will have a proper PR brief with, you know, business metrics and PR objectives that they need to be hit. And that's obviously a lot easier and in that process like if it is a for example a government um, project they'll send the brief out and then all agencies who are pitching for it have a certain time frame to come back with questions and then all the answers to those questions are shared with everyone who's part of the pitch process so there's kind of a sliding scale but in terms of the brief the key things that you want to want to know are who, like who and what is the campaign and the the business um, where it's happening, why and why, why are they doing this particular activity and why will people care? Because I think that's a big thing asking, you know, especially a business owner, why people would care about their business or product or service. They're very close to it and they think that it's important, but you have to put your kind of journalist hat on. Is this actually something that others will care about? When it's happening, the timings um, and the budget and talking about that I found I was getting a lot of when I said, you know, what budget? Oh, I don't know. I'm waiting. Like, I need you to tell me. Now it's like, have you got, you know, 3 to 5, 5 to 10, 10 to 15, 20 plus? And they're like, oh, gosh, no, definitely not. Uh, definitely it's 5K or whatever. So that at least guides them because without giving them a prompt, they just won't give you any kind of number. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think back on your target market, uh drill down on that. You know, mm. they again, if, especially if it's a brand they've been working with for a really long time, not working with them in that, you know, they've they've had that company for a really long time. They mm. don't necessarily think about that, but it's really important for you to know. Are we talking about, you know, 18 to 24-year-old females? Yes. Um do they have a disposable income, do they not have a disposable yep. income? Um, did they, you know, is it? Metropolitan, is it regional? Whatever it may be, to yep. understand, and there may be a multiple different core target markets. Mm. Therefore, your campaign has to be adapted to um, to reach all of them.
1: Yep, and knowing too, like uh, what the business is trying to achieve, and yes. so therefore how PR can help that. Because sometimes there is a disconnect. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get a marketing manager who's like, "We just want this," mm-hmm. but actually, the business decision makers behind it who are actually paying the bills let's face it they are actually wanting to float the company or whatever it is so if you don't understand that it's hard to kind of make sure the communications activity is really helping the overall business objective so you do want to have sort of some transparency on that as well
0: yeah i think the other thing is and you you touched on this before in terms of the results and the kpis so yes that obviously meets into the uh, the um the overall objectives and the goals, but are they measuring you on the number of clippings mm. or is it more about the sentiment of the clippings mm. or the fact that your clippings talk about particular key messages that are really important because they're doing some brand profiling, yep. um, driving
1: traffic to the website. But exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Helping, you know, the build their social media if that's part of it. So having an understanding of those very Mm. small goals will then enable you to either put together KPIs or them to to say to you, this is what you're trying to, this is what you need to be working towards.
1: Or or decide whether it's even something that's possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes, like I was contacted by someone the other day who said, um, you know, they want to be the talk of the city and nationally, a tiny suburban coffee shop. And it was like okay, I think maybe the goals are a little lofty. Um, So, and that's sort of, you know, sometimes the awkward part of our role, but it's sort of saying, you know, I know you think your business is incredible, but in the context of the wider industry, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z to be really a cut above Mm. everyone
0: else. And no one likes to compare themselves to a competitor because they like to feel that they're very specially Mm. unique. But another question I put to them is, you know, if you had to, emulate someone else's success a competitor's success who do you look at and go that's how I'd like my brand to be Mm. and I've again I've had that with a um, a potential clients come forward before and said this is what I've got going on for my venue I've asked a question they said oh what I really want is this particular competitor and I've had to explain the 53 reasons why why they will never have the media coverage that that particular person and that that venue does so that sometimes is a good way of trying to get those expectations in line. Yes. So you've had that meeting. You've got all the information from the client. So The next step I would recommend is doing that brainstorming and researching because Mm. you've got the structure of what it is the client requires from you, but then now you've got to spend the time thinking about what you can do for them. How much time do you think should be spent on this stage? Because the reality is you also don't want to give away how you might do something. The, the what you will do is what they want to know, mm. but balancing that line between how much of a tactic do you give away, where's the, where's the balance of oh, that? It's
1: a real tough one. And this is something that the industry is constantly talking about because, yes, you don't want to give away the big ideas, but if you're in a big competitive pitch, you got to give everything. Mm. Literally, you are handing over your IP, and that's where the conversation around the whole of the creative industry and paying for pitches, that's the ultimate goal, I think um it's still not there because you are literally giving away your your ip and what's to say that another agency that's pitching is 20 percent cheaper than you and the client says i really want to do this Absolutely. but i want you to do it because you're cheaper that happens all the time yeah. um so that's that's definitely a difficult one i think um in terms of preparing a proposal you must be a somewhat if you're an expert, better. But at least a somewhat expert of that particular industry, because what if you don't understand the industry, you could potentially pitch an idea with lofty um, results. And then the reality is that it's not going to work at all. So I think um, that's why I guess if you're an agency that sort of specializes in a certain few areas, that's quite good because then you have someone in the business that knows that industry and they can say, yep, this will work, that won't work, or their reputation isn't very good. So we're going to have to do something else to to help that. So really good understanding of the industry and what's happening, um, competitors in that industry, what media are talking about in that space as well. Like we've been doing a non-alcohol wine recently um, and we've really had to do a lot of research because there's quite a few, it's a bit of a polarizing subject, non-alcoholic wine. Um, and we've had to do some research on, you know, media who genuinely hate it, like yeah. they despise it. But we don't, so we want to know who that those are so we don't send them the product. Um, so, you know, we need to dig into that and make sure that we're reading everything that there is about that space. Um, trends. So forward thinking. So, and that's a big part of being in PR, I think is knowing kind of what is coming up. So looking at America or Europe, because they're usually a little bit um, further ahead from Australia. So things like the future laboratory have some amazing, amazing insights. And there's other, you know, companies that do a lot of research on different trends and things, knowing that. So you can kind of bring that into your proposals, Um, the newsworthiness. So really you could even test this, you know, if there's a, particular product or campaign that you're doing a proposal for I sometimes and I'm not if I'm just like mm, I don't know if media are going to love this or not I'm just not sure I'll tend to call a friendly journo and say like is this gonna fly yeah or is this totally weird um and that's been really helpful as well um and the big thing is to ascertain whether you can make it a success
0: yes you know it's, absolutely
1: it, it's a fair call that maybe you're not the best placed agency or person to to do it. There'll be someone that's more in that space. Um, or it's just not the right timing for that thing. Maybe, you know, if something's launching, but that sort of sector or that category had its moment six months ago, it's going to be very hard to sort of get the um, traction that they had six months ago. So you kind of need to ascertain all of those things.
0: Mm. And I guess then part of your responsibility is creating that hook. If it is perhaps something that feels a little bland or a little bit done, then what can you do to make that feel more relevant again? Um, when it comes to brainstorming, use your team as well. And oh, totally. You know, uh, but try and coordinate their time because you want them to come with the best ideas possible. So give them a couple of days' notice, mm. put an hour's brainstorm into everyone's diary. Send them a and, brief
1: beforehand. And yeah. send them
0: a brief exactly, who the target market is, all mm. those kind of details, um, and then pick your team for ideas and yeah. concepts and or um, spitball, is that the right word? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah spitball mm. i i feel like there should be a better word than that uh ideas off them you know you may yeah. have some tactics that you think would work and they're like mm, no you haven't thought about this mm. etc so
1: you can also look like uh, i think there's a website called pr examples like overseas mm. I have come looking at that. case studies and stuff you know if, if you're looking after a beer brand or something looking what some other beer brands have done overseas there's some really good ideas it'll just be a thought starter as well obviously i'm not going to copy the whole campaign but it might spark an idea so mm. look at other case studies
0: and you know you You could subscribe to things like PR Week. Mm. Um, I think there's another one called PR Daily in the US. And, again, they uh, talk about case studies and examples and things that just launched. And there may just be ideas in there. So, again, those weekly newsletters or whatever they may be just helps to have these little, little ideas, yep. you know, spark to the back of your brain. Definitely. Um, and I think also in this research and brainstorming stage, start thinking about the strategy and, mm. the, and the broader strategy and the timings of how that's going to work. And if there's multiple tactics, you know, there's a media relations component, there's an events component, there's influencer engagement, there's mm. social media that's going to run alongside all of that. How is that all going to plot out together? And yep. um, And especially if you do have that budget guide, what's the reality of what you can do? It's all great and well. You've got 15 amazing tactical ideas, but they can only afford for you to execute two of them. So what What are are the best ones and and how they're going to balance against each other? Mm. When it comes to actually creating the proposal document, look, there's no right or wrong way of how to put the information together, but there should be a logical flow to Mm. it. What order do you tend to put the information in?
1: Yeah. So we, ours are structured as we have sort of a, a brief Section. So we sort of summarize the brief up front. Um, we then include the business objectives and the PR objectives. Um, then we will include insights. So um, it could be on future trends, the current
0: market, what media is saying about that particular space. Do um, you, sorry to interrupt there. Do you incorporate any challenges at that point? So, you know, you've just launched or there's just been 13 new lipsticks launched in the yes. last two months that yes. are the same color or really whatever. important
1: I can't remember the campaign that we did recently but there was um, there was quite a big challenge like it was sort of they were late to market essentially mm. and so we absolutely flagged that up front because all of that you essentially that that start of it you know the the brief the objectives uh, and the insights and challenges like what you found is sort of then going to form the strategic approach so all of that is up front and then you go into um and also your target audience so who you're targeting and then you go into the strategic approach and so our strategic approach is usually worded sort of like drawing on this insight and that challenge or whatever our approach is going to be x y and z Mm -hmm. um and then we have an overview of the tactics to Kind of carry out that strategic approach and then go through those in detail. And then we'll have a measurement. So, how how are we going to track it all, uh, the metrics and timeline, and then obviously the budget Mm. breakdown.
0: And bigger agencies certainly will also include who will be working on it. I mean, if you're a small agency, then in that initial conversation, you're probably giving them an overview of your agency. And there's one person, Mm. there's five people, there's 10 people. But certainly the larger the agency, especially if it's a quite a competitive pitch, they want to know who exactly will be working on that account and what their experiences is that will be relevant to that brand. Yes,
1: we do include that. There's also, we have a credentials deck. Mm-hmm. So this sometimes is sent at the brief stage, like when they contact us and we say, okay, do you want to know a little bit more about us? But often we'll save that and send it as a separate um, file or present it with, as a separate file with the proposal um, because then we can tailor the examples and case studies in there to that specific business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does have a detailed breakdown on the team as well in the um, the document. Like I guess there is an account management section too, where we will say, okay, you know, as part of um, working with our agency, you know, client services includes WHIPS and you know, we'll manage all reactive media relations, um, an end of campaign report, etc.
0: I think that's the important part of it, and we'll get to the budget shortly, but. You need to be detailing what you'll be delivering for whatever amount mm, it is that it you're charging. Very clear. Exactly. Yeah. So they need to know what's included and um, and potentially what's not included. I certainly know that when I'm putting together a proposal, if there was a variety of things we chatted about in, that, uh, in an initial meeting, in the first couple of meetings, and they've indicated they want to do four or five different things in the campaign, um, and I've done the proposal and got to the budget and realised they can't afford to do that, mm. then. In the proposal, I'll say, look, these are the these are the elements plus these are additional things that yes. you, you can't actually afford, but these would be really essential yeah. to have if you can and then kind of separate those out just so it's very clear what's included and what is yes. an additional.
1: Scope creep is the term, I believe. I don't know, creep. Yes, scope creep. So essentially, and it happens all the time, and agencies look, it's just a part of the nature of it that you over-service, um, particularly at the start of a new campaign. But if you've got a very clear scope, you know, we are doing two media releases. We will have five whip meetings over the course of the campaign. You know, we will um, do the send out to 20 media. It has to be really specific because then there's no sort of room for, oh, but like, We want to send it to these extra 20 people. You know, that's a lot of time for an agency. So you can at least go back and say, well, anything else, it's not listed in the scope, so we'll cost that out. Mm -hmm. So it's really important as an agency to have that scope outlined.
0: And when it comes to creating the budget, the cost estimate, whatever whatever it may be called in your country or your state or wherever you are in the world – there's different ways to go about it. So you can either mm. do value-based pra- value pricing or hourly. And so the hourly goes through and determines what the different elements are of the campaign, which members of the team will be working them and allocating literally an hour rate to it. So mm. for a media release, it could be the account executive will spend four hours on it, the account manager will spend an hour on it, and then account director will spend 15 minutes or mm. half an hour or something like that. Yeah. And so you know from the total of that, that's that's how much, and then mm. everyone has got a different rate but the value-based model works a little differently. So talk me through that one.
1: Yeah, so um, you can use this – I mean, it could be part of a retainer. So you could say, you know, the client says we've got $10,000 a month. Um, And so you can either make that up of hourly hours or you can say we will deliver – it's essentially saying we will deliver this for that amount. So we will deliver two press releases and um, have – 50 media visit each month something like that so it's based on the outcomes Mm -hmm. um so it might take you you know if you were tracking hours it might take you a lot less because you're super efficient or it might take you a lot more ideally it it's less um it also works for things like social media where you know the the rates you could never charge the hourly rate that you do for media relations activity for you know managing content on Facebook. Um, and so <clears throat> saying to the client, you know, like you might have three packages this is our bronze package for that. I don't know, $1,500 a month. And then there's a silver package for $3,000 a month and then a gold for $5,000 a month. Um, and it's basically at that price will get you 20 posts, 20 minutes of community management a day, etc. Um, and it's not based on time so much. It's just based on output. Mm. And so they, for something like social clients sort of really see that value. And I think that's – people are more moving towards that for certain things, especially post-COVID, I think, because clients just want to know that they're going to get value rather than sometimes, you know, I guess lawyers charged by the 15-minute intervals, <laughs> six, right? Six Six-minute minute intervals, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and so – And, you know, everyone, obviously you need lawyers, so you you just do it. But there is that, oh, yeah, they're charging me like every second that they're talking to me. And I think, you know, in this post-COVID world where everyone's competing for kind of a smaller pie um, and clients are more focused on what am I actually getting out of it, I don't have infinite hours to just pay someone, Mm -hmm. Um, that value-based pricing model will actually be seen a little bit more because they can see, okay, for this amount I'm going to get this.
0: And I guess the other thing to consider when you're putting together that budget is it's not just a PR consultancy consultancy fees you've you've got to keep in mind mm. there's third party costs. So if you have recommended that they do a launch event you will need to put in a guide of what they should be expecting to pay. Mm. So you might have to, and this is part of your researching process, go away, quotes. go right, yeah. you know, I'm going to use an event stylist, they're going to manage all of it. They then need to get quotes on roughly, it's going to be mm. X amount for a marquee mm. or for catering or for the styling elements yep. or for whatever it may be, or, you know, then there's going to be a band playing and staging. And, and then
1: I, the vast majority of agencies, if not all, will charge a markup or should charge a markup on any of those third-party costs. So you also, so say if something, gonna the quote is $100, then you might charge between 10 and sometimes I guess they're 50% markup. And the markup is, you know, essentially like, especially if you're doing a $20,000 event, right, chances are, particularly if you're working with a bigger company, the PR agency will have to outlay that cost. And it might be, 90 days before you re- recoup that cost so that is a big burden on an agency's cash flow it all or if you're putting on a credit card potentially you're paying interest in that that time obviously don't really want to do that but so for the um the contacts that you bring you probably negotiated a better price because you're a an ongoing client of this the person that you're sourcing the quote from and for the i guess the administration of actually being there kind of credit card for them there is a markup Mm. on all of those third party
0: yep and things like uh uh, brand ambassadors you know Mm. so you know you're looking at spending between twenty thousand and two hundred thousand for you know and you would have outlined what the what those potential ambassadors could be within the proposal and give them a a gauge of what you get for 20 versus what you get for 200 um media send outs you know packaging Mm. costs invites all those kind of things will be built in as a third party so they can very clearly see what is pr fees and what's third party yes um, media service, monitoring exactly services like that um you know they are used a bit in australia especially in the larger agencies but um i think certainly a lot more in the uk and the us is the press release distribution mm, service yes. as well so yep. there may be an additional cost for sending out four media releases Absolutely. over the over that duration of yep. the campaign and then once you put that budget together especially if you're doing the the hourly rate model you put all the, compa- the campaign elements there You scope it out and go, right, that's going to cost $50,000. And then you look back and go, well, the client's got $30,000. So then you've got to go back to the proposal and go, right, well, what can I trim out? Do I have to remove complete tactical strategic elements or do I have to skim them down? Mm. Um, We're meeting every week. Can we make those every fortnight? Mm. So then you kind of go, got to work it out. And if there's a couple of things in there that you think are really crucial then like I've said, i would just separate them out and say, look, I think it's really essential you have these. Mm. These don't fit into the 30000 though. So, yep. you know. Pay me more. Pay me more. <laughs> pay me more. And this is why, because you're going to get these results yes. from that. So, um, and don't forget to reference the GST component. Oh, yes. In there. Is it GST in? Well, in Australia. Uh, I don't
1: know that. in the US, but in UK it's that. that yep. yeah.
0: So think, make sure that's kind Plus. of in there as well. Mm. Um, and in that budget, I also just list the very top line. Elements of what that campaign includes because mm. that certainly for my agency, and you know, you can really structure these however you want. That's the thing that they sign. So, I want the piece of paper that it gets signed to very clearly have that outline of this yes. is what is included. And then, like you said, down the bottom, I'll have this doesn't include third party costs mm. or if the scope changes and this cost will change, etc. Yep. So,
1: and we, uh, I guess, so you would still use like a manual kind of the Excel PDF thing. Mm-hmm. We have a system called Streamtime. Um, which we create jobs in this digital tracking system. It's also our timesheets, I guess. Um, it's used by a lot of creative studios, and then you can create a quote from that yep. and then add expenses, and then you can send invoices. It's connected to your accounting mm-hmm. software, and so you can send invoices directly from that, and then it updates it when it's paid, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So the account managers can then check when things are Absolutely. paid. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Terms and conditions, really yes, important to have on your definitely. as and well. And what's
0: not included, you know? Yep. As discussed or as outlined in the proposal this doesn't include influencer engagement or it doesn't include Mm, a media send out whatever it's just so it's very very clear yes so excel is a very basic but very easy way Mm, if
1: you've got a template Uh, that's great
0: absolutely and then powerpoint i mean Mm. i think that is is probably the best one especially if you're presenting which you will be doing then
1: well we've just switched to canva Oh yeah. It took me a while because I'm an old PowerPoint girl through and through.
0: So talk me through this. So I use Canva for, for social and stuff. Yeah, for mm. the for this podcast to put together yeah. the graphics for all the yeah. social media and it's stuff. Brilliant. But I actually haven't looked at it outside of that. So how do you oh, utilize it? Brooke,
1: It is <laughs> It's changed my life. Oh, we've created posters from there. Literally created full blown um A1 mm-hmm. posters and then sent them off to a printer from there came out fantastically, Um, email newsletter templates that you can then upload into MailChimp and Campaign Monitor. Um, But we do, so you can do presentations. And what you do, because I'm finding, I always had a bit of a problem with printing these epic proposals and then no one would even look at the printed. It was just such a waste of paper and ink and trees and all the rest of it. So um, we started doing more just PDFs and then – we discovered Canva, you can put videos in there and then you just send a link and then you can present from there as well. So when, particularly at the moment, we're doing a lot of like virtual presentations, pictures, um, you kind of share a screen and then it has a presentation thing. If you have two screens, your notes can be on one side and then the presentation's on there. And then you just skip through, play videos in it, super easy. And then it's just share and you can copy it. a a url Mm -hmm. and then that just gets sent to them Mm. and yeah they can access it it's phenomenal and there's lots of graphics in there there's it's just yeah it's it's great i'm in love
0: there you go (laughs) top tip for canva um okay so on to tips then what are your tips and what are your recommendations if you're putting together a proposal for me my first one is make sure if you are doing that kind of hourly tracking in in excel or whatever you're doing it that your formula Uh, Is picking up Mm. every cell. And
1: always use the format. I had um, members of my team over the years have then typed in, like added it up on the phone and then typed it in. Mm -hmm. But then in the back end, so in the Excel, because I used to use the same format, the front tab would be your formal quote. Yes piece, but then it links back to the second tab, which has the full matrix of the people (laughs) and the hours and everything. Mm -hmm. So that would get updated, but because they'd typed it in on the front page, Uh... it didn't update. And I have actually sent quotes before where we've genuinely like it's $5,000 off. Yeah, disaster. So never just having use the formulas in Excel. Yeah, and
0: check, you know, I certainly know if if you're adding a different line in, sometimes it's not adding in the appropriate Mm. or the affiliate cell to that. So just go through each cell, make sure everything's correct, make sure it's added up correctly before you send it off.
1: And I think with cost estimates, it's really hard. Like this, to be able to cost correctly really just comes from,
0: experience Experience, absolutely
1: you know um and paying attention to how long things take and if you've worked in an agency for a long enough time you understand how long things take specific tasks if you've come from in-house you're going to have probably zero clue so um always just check with someone else. get a couple of sets of eyes on a cost estimate i would say in terms of my tips for doing a proposal break it down and delegate do your research. So you go into It's just like if you were writing a media release. Like if you do all your research and you have all the info, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to put it together. And even map it out like on a piece of paper, just scribble like, yep, okay, this is a strategy. Draw a little diagram and then spend the time on the proposal because that's the time consuming, the formatting and all of that. Um, but break it down and delegate and maybe, you know, delegate it to people. If in your agency, someone's really strong on the influencer side of things, say, can you go and do that section? You go and do that section. Um, and then let's reconvene. Like you were doing a uni assignment essentially, but hopefully everyone is being paid. So they will actually do their <laughs> part uh, and then come together and then put it all together. So it flows.
0: Yeah. And think about if you are doing the hourly model, um, you can't, you can't charge, out for someone not being great at their job so no. you have to estimate and go right it should take an account executive three hours or two hours mm. or 15 hours to do that particular element um if you don't have a particularly strong or effective account executive and that would takes your one 30 hours you can't charge for that you know there, there's yeah well, if you, they're,
1: they're ineffective they if should be ineffective, <laughs> yes. but great new ones totally where they're still learning the ropes the agency has to wear yeah that cost so it's up that's in the agency's best interest to get them up to speed as quickly as possible but their first couple yes it's going to take
0: longer and when it comes to the proposal part of it use dot points don't get too text heavy it's Mm. really difficult to read um use dot points where you can use images to kind of break it up yes you know whether they're images of Uh, That relates to the particular company, or from the industry, or from your agency. Just Mm. something that's nice and visual, and and it looks like a more appealing document. Absolutely, formatting is really important. Oh yeah, yeah. Make sure it's the same font throughout, the the same size. Mm. It's aligned correctly. Just make sure it's very easy to to read. Yeah, and when you do go to send it off, uh, to the client pdf it mm. because powerpoint oh the formatting yeah. may change if you are using excel yeah um you don't want to send the whole worksheet because the, or the whole document because of the second page maybe you're working totally figures so you've got to pdf yep. that first page and yep. again when you go to pdf it make sure all the right information yep. is on there and it hasn't cut it off or split it over two pages
1: well and the biggest thing is also thinking about it from the customer's point of view right and it, it really also depends on who your customer is like we've got uh pub owners who ugh, they just don't want to be overloaded they're really busy and they just want to know yep you can do it this fits in my budget and that's it so know your audience that's the same with everything yeah. right so we would probably do a bit more of a more top line kind of just the essentials and highlight those bits for someone like him. Whereas then one of our big corporates that obviously has to go through multiple layers of, of really high level sort of marketing and strategy people, that would be a lot more detailed. So kind of, that's a big thing for knowing your audience when you're putting this proposal together. Don't, don't, bog someone down a detail because they'll literally switch off they mm. and they won't read it
0: yeah you've got to try and make it as engaging as you yeah. can and obviously the second part of that is actually presenting it and there'll be another whole episode on that but um, you know those things coupled together um, are a really important part of you potentially securing that job yes okay so I think we'll leave it here for this one and we'll discover presenting in a whole different episode thank you so much for joining me thanks Brooke and don't forget all the tips from this episode can be found on the website so just look for this episode title Thanks for listening to The PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.